And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter in the Until Saturday feed. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman, national college football reporter for us. Ari, uh, hopefully you can keep your composure today. You've had some very public meltdowns, I guess, over mm-hmm. social media that's very public. I just, yeah, I mean, you can bring the fire today, but just... Did you just- see... The interview about the expanded playoff that I had with Yahoo's Dan Wetzel. I started watching it live when it was on YouTube, and then I got distracted. I need to go back. It, I talked to him about it for an hour very calmly. So okay. I feel pretty good about you know where we're at. Uh, okay. We can get into it later. Just I just want to be sure. I just you know. don't understand how I feel like so alone in this. Like I'm the only person that sees. Like it's like not even the frustration of it happening. It's the frustration of. Like if you see something and you're in a room with 50 other people and then you're the only person that sees something, wouldn't that be just be like frustrating just because of that alone? I, well, I'm going to um, transition to introducing Grace because I'm not a huge fan by any stretch. Grace, and welcome to the show, recruiting writer. Seems like this could be a good Taylor Swift song, maybe. Taylor writing a song about being all alone on an island, not understanding. It. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think there's some possibilities there. I'm loving where your head is at, Mitch. This is the crossover that we're here for. Yes. Okay. Good. I, you know, because I, I will. I said this to my wife the other day. I, you know, I like Taylor Swift as I was going to say as much as the next guy. It's probably not true as much as the next guy, but I think she's very, she's a very good writer. Like she is. Yeah. I mean, her her songs make sense. You can hear whatever. So okay. You listened to her the other day when you were on your run. You texted me. I did. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, also joined by uh, Manny Navarro. Manny covers Miami uh, for us and recruiting writer and. I'm getting reports, Manny, that all you've been doing is watching game film of uh, youth yes. girls soccer, or actually co-ed <laughs> soccer, trying to find an edge. Very big in the analytics for next fall. Is this true? We have a we have draft next Tuesday, so I've I've been doing my uh, homework after you know winning two games. Uh, the pressure's on, man. I got to deliver this year. It's year two. I got to they got to produce results. Yeah, and your Kentucky uh, comparison might not be apt anymore because Mark Stoops is blowing past that ceiling there. So you, you know. If Stoops wins 11 games this year, parents are going to need more from you next year. You might that gift card. Manny, know you <laughs> guys could do. I can't expand the playoffs so everybody makes it. There's no way that you lose. <laughs> it already, is, it already <laughs> is expanded, Ari. Four out of the five teams make it. So we, <laughs> well, I, I think, think we'll, you make it going like two and three. <laughs> yeah, two and four. We're hey, five uh, minutes in, and I think we have like we've literally touched on all the hot topics. We got Taylor Swift, Ari playoff expansion, Manny soccer coaching. This is yeah, this Grace. Is great. Can I ask you a question? Of course. I thought I read Nicole's column about Taylor Swift. Um, or Swifties watching Monday Night Football or whatever. Um, and I thought it was really, really good. And I think that everybody should go read that. Um, the the graph about the quiz thing that women go through about, you know, sports and having to some idiot in a bar ask you nine questions about football to make sure, you, like, I under, like, I felt that because I've seen it. Um, the thing I don't understand about the Taylor Swift thing, the Swifties, is, like, I'm a fan of certain things. Okay, or people. Um, if my favorite rap artist went to a cricket game, I would not watch a three-hour cricket game just to see that person's presence in the press. Like, why are Taylor Swift fans so obsessed with Taylor Swift that they're willing to watch something they have no interest in just to see her like cheer for? Because they love her more than like, you I love don't your understand. favorite artist. Like, yes. I don't think that anybody loves. They're like celebrity more than Taylor Swift fans love Taylor Swift. It's like borderline weird to me. Uh, well, you're Ari, right. That That's why the fa- like Taylor Swift fans are a, a different breed. And she's so online that you feel like even though we, you will never know her and she's in a completely different stratosphere, like you still feel like she's your friend. And then you want to know who your friend's dating, especially when it's the most prolific tight end in the NFL. So you watch the game to watch like it's not just for Travis. I think they Ke- wanted to see Travis Kelsey too. Like 
Taylor Swift fans called Taylor Swift mother. Everyone wanted to see who mother was dating. So I was going to say, that is weird. Yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> this is weirder. Yeah. This is the first time they can actually see her boyfriend for three straight hours, right? I mean, every other exactly. guy she's dated. She's I been mean, so private. Yeah. That's the other right. part of it, Manny. That's a good point. And Travis Kelsey's fun and he's got his podcast and you know. It's a okay. it's a it's a new world. I think it's I think it's just strange for me because I legitimately don't care about anything about celebrities. Oh, like, I, I don't even know gossip. their names half the time. Like I could like recognize actors and actresses that I like, but I don't even know their names. I don't understand like why people buy magazines to read like who a celebrity's dating. Oh, like, I'm, I'm I barely I'm care who my friends are dating. You know, like I don't like I, I don't know. That's just been me. Um, I never really understood what the big deal is with the Kardashians and all that stuff. It's like okay, you know, Kim's you know got cool fashion and she's beautiful and she's like an icon or whatever. But it's like I don't really care if you and your sister aren't getting along because somebody didn't do but arts and crafts they promised the other person was going to do last week. And I don't like want to watch the 45 minute drama about you and your sister's fight any more than you would care about my fight with my brother. Like it doesn't even make any sense. All right. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five star review and leave a question with your review and we will answer it on the show. Subscribe to until Saturday on YouTube. Be sure to join us live every Thursday, Saturday and Sunday on YouTube throughout the season as we preview and react to the weekend's games and hear from you, the listeners on our Sunday sound off stream leave a voicemail or a text on the until saturday phone at 316-462-9852 sign up for the until saturday newsletter where you get your daily fill of college football news right into your inbox and got a good show today i think um we had only one significant commitment this past week still plenty to talk about going to take a look at what's going on in the state of texas going to talk about washington state how they're recruiting. Grace talked to head coach Jake Dickert about that for that story and another story this week. We will answer the question, who can be this year's TCU from a roster construction standpoint? we got good mailbag questions and I think a really good trivia question that you guys won't get because it's too comprehensive, but I think it was very interesting. Oh, Grace, you'll get it. I, I saw the doubt in your oh. face there. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. So first, let's talk about I feel like the— Grace spends like six out of the seven days a week like worrying about the trivia Sweating question. about this trivia. <laughs> I always look so Grace, stupid. Grace, all you have to do is— <laughs> I don't know. I know, but I always look so dumb. Grace, our opinion of you will not change one bit whether or not you get the trivia or not. Yeah, but you guys are my friends. These listeners are going to be like, this girl's an idiot. She can't— ever get any no. of these questions the questions They're are hard. really hard They're more to yeah. spur conversation about topics so and okay okay you okay. will never Mitch, sound the, the trivia dumber question this week should be what's the most important position in football grace yes. <laughs> <laughs> how many yards are there for a first down answer the question <laughs> she didn't Ten answer in. All right. Um, Tied in. Is that what you said, Ari? Yeah. Travis All right. Kelly so one commitment that. this past week, uh, Terry Bussey, an athlete from Timpson, Texas, which in East Texas, uh, going to Texas A&M, number 19 overall, the number two athlete. And like, we don't really break down film on this. And I know you guys go to camps and see some quarterbacks and have some thoughts. I don't know anything about Terry Bussey, but just reading about him, it's placed like, I think at a small level in, in Texas, but like plays running back quarterback, defensive back. Like, I think this guy's just going to be one of those guys in college in three years. We're going to look at like this guy's can do it all. Fun player. Bobby Petrino, if he's still there, we'll know how to use him. So really good get. We're going to talk more about the state of Texas later, but Ari, it's in your, not your backyard. You're, you're a big city boy from Dallas, but, uh, in that yeah, this is a pretty for, big backyard. It takes like nine hours to drive out of my state. Yeah. So, but in the, in the, uh, the ongoing battle for talent, Texas seemed to have gone for a while. Texas a really good class. This seems to be a good get. I'm really looking forward to watching this guy play. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I blacked out uh, six weeks ago. I felt like Texas A&M's class was, like, 17. And then you go look at the rankings right now, and they're number three all of a sudden. And overall, uh, they've, also, are also it, just it, average player rating, too. Like, it's not yeah, just right. Ranked. Like, they got three five-star prospects. Um, one from Texas, one from Alabama, one from Louisiana, and you know, five top 100 players that they are putting together a really nice class. Now I'm looking here in the composite. There's a lot of players in the bottom half of their class that have weird rankings. Um, so I don't know if there's something happening with the two, four, seven. So I, I, um, let me interrupt you. Ari, I right now specifically not, this 18 of the 22 guys are blue chippers and they're all ranked in the top 600. So I don't know if something's going on with 
the site. Yeah, right now. I think there's my some point. error happening with the site right now because a lot of people have like NA rankings. Yeah, that's my point. Is like there's so, no not that there's anything wrong with a guy ranked in the 800s, but like this class is. Got some well, there is something star. wrong with the guys that are ranked in the 800s. They're not as good as the guys who are ranked in the top <laughs> 250. That's what's wrong with them. Yeah, it's okay. So you're saying there's something the wrong with the people that don't get the uh, that get the uh, emergency warning first and don't get it after yeah. that? Is that? I yeah, think okay. that it's you. Uh, the emergency warning knocked my headphones off. So like you were talking for a minute, and I was like, God, I hope he doesn't say anything to me. <laughs> uh, and then I figured it out. But um, I don't know. Like it's just like we can just call it what it is. I know we don't want to be rude to teenagers and. It is what it is, but some players are better at football than others. You know, it's okay. I wasn't the best football player when I was 18. I knew it. It was okay to tell me. What were you ranked? So I went what to work at Chase Bank. Rank? What would your national rank be? Like 4,700? N.A. N.A., yeah. It'd be like, this guy should go work at Chase as a teller, and that's what I did. <laughs> okay. And guess what? What the was your rank at teller? Spinning. What was your rank at Chase? I was a really good teller. Five. I was okay, a really I good teller. Say- I, I, wor- I, I used to whip the guys- back room, you know, where people you'd come through the drive through. So I'd hit it from the front, people coming into the front, the business area. Then I would get the drive through going. I was a whiz kid. Hustler. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. I've, you guys have heard me say I've, I've worked at uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse twice. I was at college one summer, all city. I was a damn good bus boy. So I enjoyed it. I believe it. that. You're yeah, very it's, it's organized even get, and efficient. You, you, I believe that. You weren't even like cool enough to be the server. Uh, when I worked at Ruth's Chris, they only had female waitresses or fe- female, wa- yeah, female servers. And they were all college students, mostly from middle Tennessee state. And then I found out a year later, the manager got sued for sexual discrimination because they would not yeah. hire any male servers. They thought that the because the fe- servers at restaurants like that make a shit ton of money. And they thought that the 18% females, tips yeah. on $250 bills every five, every hour. That's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that was a good job. I enjoyed it, but, uh, I was not, uh, so you were a victim of that. Yeah. Well, I was only there for like two months in the summer there. I didn't know if there was a class action lawsuit you could have gotten a part of. Maybe I should look into that. It's probably, uh, 25 (laughs) years ago. It's my money and I want it now. (laughs) Manny, you ever work at a restaurant? No, I was, uh, my job before I got into journalism, uh, was a little league umpire. Ooh. I did that for three years. Uh, yeah. Did any dads ever yell at you? Were the parents insane? Listen, I've had people come at me with bats. Uh, in the middle of a game, a father literally came onto the field with a bat and tried to swing at me because uh, of a of a blown call. Was it a good call? And his it was a good call, uh, okay. but but he didn't think so. so Wait, I, what happened? You can't just like what? <laughs> who stopped him? Uh, we had some parents get in the way, but yeah, I mean that's the kind of stuff that happens in little league games. I mean, parents, um, you know, for the most part, you get yelled at. You know, I, that that part of it is whatever you can deal with it, but. Yeah, the, the violent part that I've seen it happen to several empires. It wasn't just me. Uh, there were other guys my age, 15, 16, 17 years old, where parents literally went on the field to either start a fight or to just try to intimidate the umpire. And uh, so, yeah, some, that's why, like, I think I was prepared for the criticism of fans, right? Like, if I could deal with parents swinging a bat at me, like, uh, so what if you take a shot at me on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, Jeez. exactly. I was a, uh, I umped when I was in high school. Uh, like literally games and one kid flipped me off once after I punched him out, you know, called, but it was bad calls, low and outside. I think I was hungry and I wanted to get home. I was in high school. So I just <laughs> punched him out. So I kind of deserved it. He flipped you off. <laughs> yeah. He flipped me off, turned around and flipped me off and I threw him out of the game. It was great. Yeah. Um, you deserved it. Also too, just admitted that you rigged the game. Thank you. You were hungry. <laughs> Did you have money? Blood sugar was low. Ari might have had money on that one. It's like, it's like people like me that cringe to hear stuff like that. Like I don't <laughs> Yeah. You know, call the game right, man. <laughs> there is one umpire in Major League Baseball that I see on Instagram. Yeah, Angel Hernandez. He just, just like hate yeah. rings people up. <laughs> his calls are terrible. Like, he's from South Florida, like, so maybe it's a it's something with us down here. I don't know yeah. what it was, but like he's like, and the ball was like nine feet. Up. Like, you, do you have eyes? That was even close to a strike. All right, this thing is. Like, let me interrupt. Why, why do they even have like a just put a microchip in the baseball? And like have a strike zone. It's not that hard. Well, they do. They show the, the, you know, the, the, they uh, get rid of the umpire. There's well, they, no they, reason they might, for this. They have in the minor leagues. And this is getting off the rails very early. Okay. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, um, we're going to go to the mailbag later, but I'm going to bring one of the mailbag questions in because it'll lead into what I want to talk about. Uh, From Brad B., if Washington State and Oregon State join slash merge with the Mountain West, how should they be able to recruit compared to their new conference? Will they be able to recruit well enough to consistently stay at the top of that league? We can all go around and specifically give our thoughts on that question, but I want to go over Washington State's recruiting because we we talk about, it's just a very interesting dynamic, the fact that they are having a, I don't know if it's a breakthrough season. They've had great seasons in the past, Um, but they're 5-0. and They got a win over Wisconsin. They just beat Oregon State. They beat pounded Colorado State. This is a really good team. And they're also trying to recruit while it looks like they might not have a be a power five program anymore. And and Grace talked to Jake Dickert, head coach um the Cougars, doing a story on another topic, but also gonna do doing a story on kind of like what we've been talking about, how Washington Good job, Grace. What, what's what's their message right now. Um so let's hear from Jake Dickert right now and then we'll 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 talk about it. Just with Washington State being in limbo a little bit again, as you guys look at conference realignment, um, how do you recruit to that? It looks like I know you guys got a couple pickups this week, uh, but what has that been like? Well, I think the best part about this situation being a little bit different is that, um, you know, we really got ahead on this class and these kids. And, you know, that was while the Pac-12 was still kind of together right this summer. And I think those kids committed for the right reasons. You know, we made a decision to double down a little bit more locally and on the West Coast, and I think that is paying dividends. And then I think at the end of the day, you got to make a choice. What is it really about? You know, is it about level? Is it about coaching? Is it about development? Is it about trust? You know, I think we've done a good job of really sharing a vision with our recruits on what they can be in the future if they still trust us, regardless of who or where we play. So I think that's uh, an important message, and I think those kids have bought into it. I mean, it's definitely a a challenging situation and there's no rule book to it. So for you sure. just got to keep doing it your own way and be authentic to the process. All right, good job for sure there, Grace, for sure. Right there. Keep the conversation <laughs> sure. going. Oh yeah, sure. definitely. Journalism, Great. Great journalism 101 there. there. <laughs> so we're going to, so the reason that prompted this is I noticed that Washington state got two commits this week. Uh, Way Sean Parker, a running back from Sacramento and Trey Davis, an athlete from Texas. So I was like, okay, you know, like w- what's going through a kid's mind when he recruits under this landscape. Um, they've got 17 commits in this class, only two in the top 1000. Um, their class is ranked number 57 average player rating of 84.94. The interesting thing is this is right on par with what their classes have been over the last four or five, six years, basically in the sixties, maybe touch the fifties. Now as, as coach Dickert referenced, they're like a lot of these class, they, they, they've been recruiting this class for a year and, and it's, you're not going to see the ramifications or the effect for another year there. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys think specifically answer the question? I'll, I'll go first. That I, I think Washington State clearly, if they're not in a "quote unquote" Power Five conference, their their message they're they're not going to be able to recruit as well. But kind of what I just said, their classes aren't good anyway on paper. So I don't know how much of a knock that is. I still think they will they will be at the very top of, if it's a new Mountain West ish conference. I still think Oregon State and Washington State because they still have that name brand would be at the top uh, of the kind of food chain. Manny, why don't you start? What are your what are your thoughts on where they fit? 
Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think ultimately, you know, they've kind of recruited at a Boise State, you know, just to, to sort of compare them to somebody who's a group of five program, um, you know, geographically close to them and, and basically, you know, from in that area that would that would pluck players from the same area. Um, they've kind of recruited at that level anyway over the years. Um, I'm looking up Boise State's ranking last year. Boise State was had the 67th best class. Um, so I think for, I don't think much is going to change other than the fact that they're probably not going to be able to go into, you know, what used to be the Pac-12 country, like, you know, California and that area and, and pluck elite players out of there. Not that they ever really did, but in, in the case that they wanted to, right? Like Washington State's having a great year this year. Cam Ward's having a great year this year. Um, this would probably be the kind of year you could, you could sneak into California and, and maybe get you know, a top 10 quarterback out of the state or a top five quarterback out of the state, right? Uh, I think that's where they're going to get hurt. I think they're going to get hurt when it comes to being able to maybe go into some neighborhoods that they used to and, and you know, convince kids to come play for them. Yeah, Chris, what, what, what do you, you've, you've talked to Jake Dickert and going to be writing a story about this. What are your, what are your thoughts on kind of where they fit? Yeah. I mean, so this week was the first time I'd ever talked to him. I was super impressed with him, first of all. And I think you look at this class and the fact that they've had zero decommitments since all of this news came out and we are going through conference realignment tells me that this is a really strong recruiting staff and these kids are resonating with them. Um, and we're going to write about this a little bit later, as you mentioned, Mitch, but I was talking to Trey Davis um, earlier this week. He's their top ranked commit in this class. And he's a Texas kid who had had never been out of the Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma area, had never been on an airplane before, gets on a plane for the first time, goes to Washington State, loves wow. it and, and commits. And so um, obviously they're in a lot of limbo, but I think this staff is resonating with kids. And then you look at this offense and that was part of it for Trey as well. I mean, anytime you're putting up 530 yards of offense per game, you're going to have the attention of, uh, you, I think you at least have a seat at the table. Ari, you have thoughts, you have thoughts on everything. Yeah. Uh, did you look and see what they're ranked in the talent composite rankings, not in recruiting the team talent this year? It's not high. I know it's not, but did you know what? Do you no, know what, what is it is? It? Anybody want to guess? Uh, I'd say 74. <laughs> 76. Wow. Well, here's the deal. Like their best, their best player, and this is, we don't need to get in this discussion because that's kind of what we've been talking about. Yeah. Or you've been writing about. Their best player, Cam Ward, was played at the FCS level, so he does not factor yeah, in. So that's true. one. Yes. But, but, but I still, think it great still job gives you a staff. window. Yeah. Like just because it's not as foolproof and maybe it'll end up that a team that ranks in the top four wins it again this year. It's still a pretty good indication of how you've recruited, you know, like to be out of the top 70 five, even to be behind UTSA and FAU and Boise and Tulane and, you know, a lot of other, you know, USF Memphis. There's a lot of teams that are ahead of it in the lower level of college football, Cincinnati, Houston. There's a lot of them. Tells me that they've done something as a program or program building that transcends how terrible they've recruited on paper. And if you're going to write a story and grace, I know that you are about how this move impacts their recruiting efforts. You also have to acknowledge the fact that they're not recruiting a lot of people that are at the power five level as a recruit. <laughs> so like that to me, it's like, can they recruit at a level that's high enough to stay at the top of the mountain West? Uh, they haven't or they already haven't at the Pac-12 level recruited well enough to be at the top of the Mountain West, right? I, there think are teams climbing, just, I mean, like, they'd be toward the top, but they're not like right. it's not like we're dropping Oregon into this conference. We're dropping right. a team that compares pretty well to the way that the people in the Mountain West have already recruited. Now, can Washington State continue to do whatever it is that it has done, even going back to the Mike Leach days where, you know, this team has been in the top ten and top fifteen of the CFP rankings before this isn't the first time they've been pretty good. I think actually pretty consistently in the last 10 years, they've kind of popped up and been interesting or fun teams to watch. Um, so I don't know if this means that they're just automatically going to go dominate the mountain West. They still have to keep their edge to them. Um, and I don't think that their brand is going to take them to a place where they're just like suffocating out the rest of their conference in the rankings. Cause if that were the case, it'd be happening in the pack 12. Uh, still think they're going to be really good though for what they are because they know how to do it. Yeah, I, I think what it does is like right now, if they are with Boise State, 
let's say Fresno State and I don't know, like a good American program. And these teams have all done a good job identifying someone. They have the edge that they're in the power five. And that's, they're going to, you know, that's going to be a big difference for a lot of kids. That's just not going to be the case anymore. So they're going to have to out recruit the Fresnos of the world or whoever, when they're on the same plane as them. So that's, that's kind of the challenge, but now Dickert obviously has done a great job and his name came up, has come up uh, at Michigan state. He's a Wisconsin guy, which makes it great. Like he grew up in Wisconsin, family, all Wisconsin last year, in his first year, they go to Wisconsin, Washington State, and wins. And then this year, Wisconsin goes out there, and they win. So he swept Wisconsin. This is interesting, too. In our Until Saturday newsletter that Jaina Bardall does, um, there was a note about uh, head coaching salaries. You know, USA Today has that database. That's made the runs uh, this week. And Dickert's at $2.7 million, and only Gus Malzahn at UCF is lower among Power 5 coaches. Um, at, at 2.3. So as Washington State tries to hold on to him, if a Michigan State comes calling, clearly Washington State financially, and I don't know all the details, but they're not going to be as an advantageous spot as they've been because they're not because of the TV revenue. So I guess my question to you guys is, will Jake Dickert be the head coach at Washington State next next year? Manny, yes or no? Uh, I, I'd say no, just because I think somebody is going to come and take them, especially type of season. I mean, with Cam Ward, they, they've got a chance to win nine, 10 games this year, I think. Grace, your new best friend, Jake Dicker, <laughs> is he going to be the head coach there? I don't know him well enough to know kind of how he feels, but I think if he's, if he is, I think it'll be because he chose to stay there and not because he had to stay there. That's a nice answer. No. I'll go Grace is a nice answer. person. Ari's going to come with the facts. <laughs> no, I think he's going to be fired. He stinks. No, I, 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 uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he's having we, a good year. We, we talked about this last week. Like if Michigan State or whoever, whatever job comes open between like Sean Lewis and if Mike Elko is interested in moving on and Jake Dickert, there seems to be a lot of really quality coaches out there on the market. Well, you know what? Here's what I wanted to make a nice segue to because this okay. is a, a, he said something on the call. And I love listening to other people's interviews because I get like excited and like, I want, I want, give me those quotes, but he said <laughs> something in passing that isn't even the story, but might be the exact reason why I would leave if I were him. But he said, you know, we're, we're challenged or whatever. And you know, what we've decided to do in this year's comp uh, or this year's cycle is to stay close to home and stay local. So I went and I looked this up while you guys were talking, um, Washington state's class, um, in 2024, has 17 commitments. Only three are in the state of Washington and all three of them are more than a five hour drive away. Like to and then, local for them. <laughs> so like local to them is recruiting Seattle, which is four hours and 45 minutes away. Like if you look at the map of where Washington state is located, it's on the border of Utah. So Idaho. Or sorry, Idaho. Yeah, <laughs> they're all the same over there. Uh, How far is it from? They've got a bunch from Colorado, don't they? How far is that? That's I don't know. Far. It's very oh, wait, far. No, yeah. not a bunch. Sorry, I have dyslexia. They have six from California. They have one from. And California is really, really far away. Uh, yeah, for as a drive. So, like, I if being local is five hours away, that's like a really hard thing to maintain, and probably the exact reason why they're recruiting in the seventies all the time. And if I were a coach, that would really wear on me and I would probably want to leave. Um, so that to me, it's like we make so much discussion about conference affiliation. And I'm going to write a story about SMU that Mitch assigned me this week about what it's going to be like to recruit in, in the ACC. It's like, well, they still get to be in Dallas, you know, right. like that. Like if you're in freaking Idaho, like what are you going to do? Like how? Like what would they have to do ever? They could get invited to the SEC tomorrow. I don't think they're going to be recruiting top thirty classes. It's in the middle of nowhere. You don't think they're going into IMG and getting like ten kids a year? They got a kid out of Florida. I'll tell you that. They got, they got a kid out of Gatlin Florida. Bear if he has any siblings, that's what yeah, I would do. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, there's just, been, like uh, one great player out of Idaho, Gatlin Bear. Like <laughs> although Michigan's got some too. Like in yeah, they've gone to Michigan, Idaho, Boise State there. So well, Cal yeah, it's a tough Cal job. California's been their main hub. This is from that series I did in March. Mitch, remember the uh, sure. every single Power Five? Uh, they're only getting 13% of their recruits from in-state since 2018. California, they've gotten 50. The spreadsheet. 143 signees. I know. The spread, man, Dude, the just send it to me, man. <laughs> you don't know, you don't know like, how to open it. I'll figure that out. Like That is like, the guy's got like gold at the end of his fingertips there. And you update yeah. it every day? 
Well, this is from 18 to 23, so this doesn't include the 24 class that they obviously haven't okay. signed them yet. But send it to just, me. You got to email me that. I will. I'll send it to you. Charge yeah. but, and I'm not going to actually bucks. source where I got all the information or anything. I'm just going to take it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Let's let's transition to a uh, recruiting area that Ari just mentioned. That actually, there's tons of players. Like, because Ari mentioned in our show prep, Ari and I actually did a little show prep this week. Right? I, I helped a lot out of show this week. Prep. Ari got on the phone with me for five minutes and started barking. Is that not good enough? Like, what do you want? Just explain (laughs) to me what you want. If that's not good enough, you said, all I want to do is talk to you on the phone for 10 minutes on Monday. I do it. And then you get on the show and then you say, what do you want? You want me to do it? I'll do the whole thing. (laughs) I'll I'll cut you out of the whole show. I'll be the host of this thing. You think I can do it? Well, I know you can. I've heard the other shows. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. You need a break. Um, Ari, you are so unique, Ari. (laughs) It was it well, was I mean, per, it was perfection. It was it was seven minutes thought, of great show. And I show actually prep. added an idea, and that's an entire segment. Yeah, and then I spent like twenty minutes researching yeah. it. So, you yeah. hear those footsteps, Mitch? It's me coming for your fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine if Ari was our editor? How many typos oh would I have? Yeah. How many spelling uh, I would errors? I'd love it. I'd be? send him stories at like midnight and be like, "Can they get this posted in an hour? Or Ten that's minutes? What I Wake do up. to him. I yeah. do do that to him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the state of Texas. Okay, Ari, how many, I know Manny and Grace have the spreadsheet so they can see this, but how many blue chip, without looking it up, Ari, how many blue chippers in the composite do you think are in the state of Texas this cycle? 33. 70. Go ask Jake Dickert if he wants to, like, coach in the state of Texas. Holy crap. Yes. How many do you think have committed, Ari? 44. 68. Wow. 68 of 70 blue chippers in Texas have committed. Holy hell. Well, I mean, I guess we are in October. I mean, yeah. we're, so like we're not far away anymore. 26 different schools. Um, the uncommitted are five-star. This is corner- why I could never take your job, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, five-star you got the spreadsheets. <laughs> corner, cornerback Kobe Black and four-star athlete Hunter Madden. Texas A&M leads the way with nine. Texas has seven. Oklahoma has six. Texas Tech, five. LSU, five. The schools in the new Big 12 have 13. So only 13 of the 70 blue – are your eyes got big there. So I mean, this is like four stories all in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> so only 13 of the 70 kids, blue chippers in the state of Texas, are going to schools that will be in the Big 12 next year. TCU and Texas Tech have five. Houston, Kansas, and UCF have one each. So that was kind of interesting. Um, Manny, I'm going to do this for Miami, or you can do it for Miami next week. It's not that. Do you think there'll be as much of a distribution? Like, that's 26 kids for 26 schools for 70 blue chippers. Manny, do you think there'll be as big of a distribution there? You mean as far as the Big 12 is concerned? Are you talking no, about? No, as far as oh. it's just in, in the state of Florida, like the blue chip, different schools. Like, how many? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I know for Florida, it's 57 blue chip players um, this cycle. And I think I just ca- I counted this a day or two ago. I think 49 are committed. So there's only like eight or whatever that still haven't uh, picked a school. Um, and it's pretty well spread out. I mean, as far as Florida State, Florida and Miami, I think, you know, they're, they've got maybe a little, maybe 40% of those guys committed. So uh, in, ter- in terms of the big three in state. Um, they're doing a good job, but I think distribution wise, um, yeah, you're still going to have SEC and Big Ten schools coming down here and getting a lot of those kids. All right, what do you think the distribution of Idaho is? I think it's one and one. Um, <laughs> I just looked this up because it is interesting, and I don't know, like obviously the TV deals and all that stuff as it pertains to the way that the Pac-12 fell apart. Um, it's all very complicated. Some people ex- blame the fourteen playoff for various reasons, but I went and looked. <laughs> Texas is the um, main source of talent for the Big 12, or was, right? The entire conference used the state of Texas for their recruiting efforts as a main emphasis. The entire Pac-12 used the state of California. The state of California, and I'm going to put you back on on skates because you always do this to me, but how many blue chip players do you think there are in the state of California in this cycle? 41, 34. Um, it's a good guess, but it's half of Texas, right? So in order for, and, and that doesn't include 
the other teams that go in and successfully recruit players out of Southern California that aren't in the Pac-12. So if California can, like, if Washington State is counting on California as their main, what's the, it's not breeding ground, what's the name? Their, their main hunting ground for their sh- their talent, and it is, like, getting less and less every year. I think that, like, we have to look this up. I don't know, but less p- players are playing football in California every year, and, like, the the talent is dwindling there also might be part of the reason why like West coast football has started to shrink up a little bit. And part of the reason why the PAC 12 ended up not existing. Um, maybe I'm nine steps ahead of where I should be on that, but it's just an interesting thing when you look at the data and how much more va- and then of course, Texas is a much bigger state. Um, and there are more programs in and around Texas that rely on it too, but it's half. It's literally half of what Texas has. Yeah, and it's I, still a power five conference that uses it extensively on, on that note. And this is like, I think it's related too. it's because, you know, all the kids from California who come to play in the sec, you know, Southern California, it's, you know, Alabama, Bryce Young and all that. Like, and I might've said this on the pod once. I probably, I might've told you just on the phone. Ari, I was at a Vanderbilt baseball game this spring and I was sitting next to the dad of a 26 kid from California who had committed to Vanderbilt. And he actually decommitted from Arizona and he found out that Ari graduated from there and just quickly wanted to uh, break loose there. But he was just like all the kids, he was mentioning all like the summer ball kids that his son plays with and like where they're committed. They were all in the East coast or the Southeast. He's like these kids, all the money in the sec, all the facilities, they all want to play in the sec. And I don't think it's as sec centric in football as it is in, in, in baseball, but that just struck me that like there's some great programs in Southern California in college baseball, all those great programs. SEC is the best baseball conference? Yes, by far. It's more so in baseball than in football, actually. Like there's more depth. Why? For the reason because the weather and programs, Geography. fan bases, people care more. Um, Vanderbilt. Um, well, I mean, it's the, every program. That's like, what other, he's doing right now. Uh, no, other than Missouri. Yeah. And Missouri's had its moments. Missouri's U of actually a's good. had a good foot baseball teams. What? Arizona's had good baseball teams. I know, very good. It's but it's how he's the kid. The point was the money, the facilities, and the interest, and all that stuff, and just being a bigger deal in the SEC. It just means it more down there, yeah. Yeah. So I just yeah. I found that interesting. Um, <laughs> Are you saying that Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> great movie line. <laughs> And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breaking news from our colleague Nicole Auerbach on Twitter that uh, Grace just let us know. And people are going to roll their eyes at this, but this is a big deal. Grace is talking to uh, when she was up in Nashville uh, at the recruiting staffer symposium, talking to people about the time it takes. And Ari, you wrote a feature about this, photo shoots. If I'm reading this quickly, Grace, correctly, it seems like photo shoots on unofficial visits are now ba- going to be banned or outlawed. Is that is that correct? I think so. Yes. Um, yes. I think that they could still do it on an official, but don't quote me on that. I need to read more about it, but talk about what you heard from all the staffers. Like these just take forever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, it sounds like a nightmare and I know that it's easy to be like, well, this is your guys' job and whatever you're making all this money, but the manpower that goes into these things is ridiculous. And then I think from the staffer standpoint, the photo shoots always put the visit behind. And so you're trying to talk to them about the important stuff like scheme, coaching staff, academics, nutrition, all these things, and you can't get to them or you have to cut them short because of the photo shoots. So 
Um, they're entertaining for us for sure, but I think that the entire recruiting industry probably just let out a very loud cheer um, yeah. hearing this news. Are you you wrote that story, didn't you? With who did you write it with? Was it Antonio? Antonio, yeah, yeah. People are gonna like the people of the recruiting staffers are just really happy about this. There's no, yeah. they hated them, and they hated them for two reasons. One, it's really hard to put together professional photo shoots and edit them and get them out as quickly as people wanted them. I mean, it's a lot of manpower and a lot of work. And that work is often put on the shoulders of staffers that aren't making all that much money and they're overworked and tired. That's and true. The people editing resentful. it are. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, it's like the headline of the story I wrote with Antonio was a horse, a Rolls Royce <laughs> and 10 pairs of cleats. The growing importance of photo shoots. Like Oklahoma state has a freaking horse right. in a stable and like kids care more about like getting on the horse with the cowboy hat doing one of these. <laughs> they do. They care about like how many draft picks have you had? Because it's such an Instagram, Twitter world. Um, they want the pictures for the clout and they want to feel like, you know, the likes and the attention is going to help their recruitments. But, you know, they ultimately make their decisions because of the right things. People want to get drafted and play at a, a good place. But recruits are just visiting schools they were never going to go to because they wanted to take a picture with the local turtle. And it was just like, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to set it up. Like Mel Tucker, who's no longer the head coach at Michigan State, like was like renting Rolls Royces for, you know, you know, Samson, like Oak five, yeah. Samson Oak and Lola is like laying on the hood of a $275,000 car with his fucking legs open. Like, hey, look at me. I'm at Michigan State. And it's like, do you really need to rent a car and like put it uh, on, the, on your field? Like, I think about like how many hours of work and thought process and insurance and steps are finally just eradicated from this whole thing. Well, they're still going to do it, but just not as many. Yeah, but not, but there's a with everybody. And if you, if you don't do it with somebody, then that person feels less important than the other people. And it's like a problem. And and what we heard too, was like from people, it wasn't just, okay, you got Ari Wasserman and who's the top 100 kid you're willing to maybe make the effort for him, but he's bringing his high school teammate who's no longer, there's no chance or of getting a busload an offer, of teammates, a busload of teammates who want the photo shoot as well. So it's just, it's just that I can see from the look on Manny's face. He's like, you're looking about photo shoots for your draft, for your kids. <laughs> I recruiting? Am. I'm looking for, is, is this going to maybe I can hire one of these photographers who's looking for work now. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're going to be, there's going to be much more of them available. Maybe yes. Whatever works to get this soccer team going. I'm going to do it. Yes. Yes. So, um, <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, obviously, the team you cover is kind of a recruiting machine there, Manny. They they have tons of visitors yeah. come through, I'm sure. You know, I don't know. What do, you, do, you, do you agree with us? I mean, I think, like I said, I think some fans are going to roll their eyes and be like, oh, the NCAA, no fun, all this. But do you agree with us? It's just kind of BS. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're still going to be able to do it on official visits, right? Because I read that unofficial. Think, yes. That's, yeah. Official that's, visits, that's, yeah. Right, official visits. So it's not like it's completely gone. I, I agree. I mean, I think ultimately, look, these guys are exhausted. Everybody who's working in these recruiting departments is freaking exhausted. And this is just one extra layer of BS that they got to deal with. And now they and getting rid of it. It's th- believe me, there's nobody disappointed besides the photographers that they're not going to be able to cash in. Yeah. Are they, but aren't they just regular? I don't know. Maybe I should find out about this, but my understanding was like the people editing and maybe even taking these were school employees too, that they were, I think it was just piled on. That were quitting because they couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, No, they've got staff. Everyone's got staff photographers. They've got recruiting graphics people only recruiting photographers. They're paying people $18,000 a year to stay up till four in the morning editing photo shoots of players that are never going to get offered. Right. Right. Um, It's like they're happy to do it for five-star prospects because they want, the players they actually want to come to school to have a good time. It's the millions of photo shoots that they have to do with kids they don't even want. That's the problem. Right, right. Another bit of legislation, um, and I thought this was permanent actually, but it was just a one year waiver. They've officially eliminated the uh, annual limit on initial counters at 25, which took place last year. So kids can sign, teams can sign as many as they want. They still limited by that 85 man scholarship. But that's no surprise there, and that's the rule that when everyone just – I mean, we don't need to get into this, but how Deion Sanders revolutionized roster flipping, which he did in theory, but it was only only partially because it's only been legal for a year or two. Um, teams couldn't do this because you couldn't bring in that many new players. A um, couple just new, news and notes. Um, we don't really get into a lot of visits here. Just don't get into the, the, the minutia there, but a couple were interesting. 
Uh, Caleb Odom, the number one tight end in the nation, an Alabama commit, I believe is visiting Ole Miss this week. And then Ryan Wingo, here's the one that's intriguing, uh, from St. Louis, five-star wide receiver, uh, who I believe has been considered a Texas lean for a long time, will be at Missouri this weekend. Obviously, Missouri has a ton of momentum. We've seen what Luther Burden III has done offensively. Um, just a true difference maker there, so that'll be interesting. Manny had a story this morning, on, published on Wednesday morning, on Dia Bell, uh, the son of Raja Bell, former uh, NBA player, multi uh, well-traveled NBA player who's a top quarterback in the class of 2026. Um, Manny, just just kind of like uh, for the people who haven't read that yet, just kind of talk a little bit about uh, Dia, and you know he's looking like a I, don't, I wouldn't say what five star, but there's a chance he's he's a top 100 kid, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously the 2026 class, they're still doing a whole lot of evaluating, and he's he just became the starter this year at Plantation American Heritage, which is now a factory, a football factory for NFL talent, uh, putting you know the Patrick Sertans, uh, the Sony Michels of the world into the into the NFL, um, and yeah, I mean he's six two, 190 pounds, he's. Um, awesome at basketball by the way yeah average like 23 a game as a freshman (laughs) i'd play basketball man yeah he just like walked onto the court after football season was over and and was had two 40 point games uh and averaged 20 a game for for his basketball team but um no i mean he's just one of these another one of these incredible athletes in south florida we have so many sons of of you know former professional stars that come out of this area that either played with the Dolphins or, you know, NBA players, even Udonis Haslam, uh, who played with the Heat, has, you know, sons that that have one, I think, is playing at Akron. He's got other ones that are playing baseball. So they're 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 not necessarily playing their dad sport. Um, but, you know, Dia is just like another example of another South Florida based guy who comes from really, really good athletic genes. And his mom was a, a I think conference player of the year in the Sun Belt in soccer. His uh, his aunt, D, um, Raja's sister, was drafted in the WNBA. So he he's one of these guys to watch the next couple of years. I noticed that in Nashville because the Titans came in 99, 2000, I believe. Mm-hmm. And about 10, 15 years later, as more sons of Titans, they when they retired, they laid down their roots here. And there's actually a lot of Titans that are high school coaches here, too. Mm-hmm. So these kids are getting they're, – they're getting – Middle Tennessee, there's population boom, but more – they're getting – there's more sons of former players and then just some really good coaching too. So that, that helps too. It's probably not as prevalent in South Florida there, uh, but I noticed that. Um, and as we talked about a few weeks ago, Jared Smith and Jacob Smith, uh, twins, who had they flipped from Michigan to, to Kentucky, uh, Austin Meek got in touch with one of them recently and has a story coming in the next few days, some interesting stuff about why they flipped. So look out for that story, Kentucky well, that'll fans be good. and Michigan fans. Um Ari, are you, you smirking? You have anything to say? Are you you giggling? I'm just giggling over there, just watching you figure out how to host. It's nice. Figure out. I've been doing it for three years, buddy. You, you're, I know, you're the, and you're starting to get good at it. It took a while, oh, thanks. but we got I, there. Yeah. I, I really, all I do is I seek your approval. That's all I'm yeah. looking for. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just like laughing at how all the uh, recruiting staffers on the internet are, are behaving now that they don't have to do this anymore. And it's uh, it's quite funny to me. One more I note. We're pumped. Gonna, mailbag question i was just i was actually it'd be like if if like i got a call that said you don't have to talk to mitch at work anymore think about the burden (laughs) no i think it'd be like if you got a call and they were like you don't have to well i don't have a good example you don't have to transcribe anymore or you don't don't have have to to, do you don't have to go to all hands meetings you don't have to write anymore oh you don't (laughs) write anyway so yeah (laughs) i don't write anyway yeah have you looked at how much i've written and that it seems like you it, it certainly hasn't maybe been as much as last year, but like I'm like tripling up my monthly, my monthly requirement. You're, because you're involved in all these little things like a gambling thing uh, here. Or there, yeah. So, so I so I'm just not good. I didn't say that. Ari, if you can look yourself in the mirror and you're satisfied with your work, that's all you need. You got to just got to look at the man in the mirror. That's all that's satisfied important. with my work. Okay, good. Um, so I was <clears throat> bouncing around for some trivia question. And this one's interesting to me, the class of 2019 composite quarterbacks. The top five, Spencer Rattler, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, Ryan Holinsky, and Graham Mertz. All these guys were like fifth-year guys. The top mm-hmm. five guys, none of them are in the NFL, and they've all transferred at least once, and four of the five are starting at Power 5 teams. Just I guess that's just the climate we live in. Um, but again, Rattler, Nix, Daniels, Holinsky, Mertz, 
Whenever we see a signing class of the top five quarterbacks, you're probably your first thought is, okay, three of them are going to be in the NFL after three years because they're awesome. But it just doesn't work that way usually. And Grace, Sam Howell is the only one in that entire class that's taken a snap in the NFL. My guy. I'm not sure how well it's going for him right now. He's but decent. He's decent. He's taking some snaps. Yes. Yeah. Um, were you a Sam Howell fan? I was, yeah. I thought he was he was committed to Florida State initially, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, I mean, I think we'll look back later and look at Drake May as probably the biggest recruit of Mac Brown's career um, in the second go-round, but I thought Sam sort of laid that foundation, which was cool. And he was really fun to watch. So um, a couple of mailbag questions here. This one was interesting because I have a kind of different spin on it. Nicholas H. said, is there anything preventing a collective from covering a player's educational expenses in order to free up more scholarships? For example, Dylan Riola likely has a great NIL deal. What's to stop UGA from making him a preferred walk-on and increasing his NIL money to cover tuition and living expenses? Are there prohib- prohib- prohibitions against that? Does it cost the extra tu- – whatever. There's What's preventing that? And it's happening uh, already. Yeah, like it is yeah. happening. And – I don't know. I should know this. I don't think there is really like, is there anything about officially being on scholarship where anything you get that you don't, I don't, maybe some schools, maybe some private schools. I don't know the difference, but there there could be a few semantics where if you're on academic aid versus, uh, I mean, athletic aid versus, you know, just you're paying your own way. I don't know. I, I know in, I think in the NCAA, I know this is a baseball thing. If you did not receive a scholarship, athletic scholarship, you could transfer without sitting out. So like some baseball players who were on like full financial aid or something, they could transfer and didn't have to sit out before they, that waiver, that rule. Yeah. My question, my question to you guys is how many more players do teams want? Like, I'm sure they, it, it's helping them. But like, if you ask Kirby smart, like, do you want 10 more guys on quote unquote scholarship? I guess he w- would say yes, because teams have a hundred guys on with walk-ons and stuff. So the more better, the more guys you have that are better is good, but it's just at certain points, you the only thing. want so many good players. It's not even about how many players Kirby wants. There's this like fear that people are like, well, well, scholarship limit doesn't exist anymore because now Georgia can just go pay 170 players to go be on their team. They want to play. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's not just like you're going to go get five to 10 extra top 100 players a year that just can't play. Um, and stack them on your team. Like everybody wants reps in practice and there's only so much, so much further that you can go in terms of how many players you could reasonably have on your team. So you have 88 or 89 players and four of those are NIL, um, compensated athletes that can, you know, pay their tuition or whatever, however it's been being done. That's fine. But like, it's not going to be some sort of thing where there's 20, 30 extra guys on a team because there's only one football and there's only one starting unit and people want to play. Right. And, and here's something just <clears throat> kind of thinking this through. If you're, I'm not going to use Rayola as an example. It comes from, you know, it's a lot of money in that family, I believe, you know, former NFL players. But like, if you're a kid and the school's like, okay, we, we can put together this package of $60,000 in NIL that will cover all of your expenses and pay for your tuition. Like, you're like, that's great, but I want the money. Like, put me on scholarship and I'll take that six. If there's $60,000 out there to get me to play football at school X in and in quote unquote NIL, like I want it. Don't use it to pay. Don't give it to me to pay my tuition. So I don't, I don't know if that factors in, but one thing I think it, it, Ari, this, it helps is like, if you are up against it and you are at the scholarship limit and there's a late transfer that comes open and you need that one scholarship to free up, mm-hmm. I think that that could be the case. Um, but Grace, isn't that kind of, I know Max talked to some people in Nashville. Didn't he kind of say that that's kind of been, been going on a little bit? I think so. Yeah. I mean, and you got to think like if you can find a workaround or a loophole, like I, (laughs) I give it to college recruiters, they're creative, but, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It it just, it seems kind of sticky and messy, but, um, I, I don't, and we should, I should know this. We should know this. I don't know that there's like, explicit legislation that would that would stop it yeah i mean i would think there's more security if you're on full scholarship as far as getting like cut not you're just like told to move on i don't know we, we can we i'd can also want to be like i would wonder 
even if I know I'm a blue chip recruit, like how are you making the decisions on who right. like gets the scholarship versus not? Like my pride would also be sort of wrapped up in this. Like, wait a minute, like you want to use also me if as you get loophole? paid more to cover your expenses, you're also being taxed more. Yeah, and there's the, yeah. so there's yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> yeah ramifications. Yeah, so that's why I think it's more like in a, in a measure where they need to find a couple some you know they're they're full and they need one or two to add one or two more players. Um, don't want to spend a lot of time on this because the trivia question might take up uh, some time here. But an Ari's mailbag kind of led it off with Chris. Are you one- ready? We've been wondering <laughs> off wondering who the, is this year's TCU. What if it's Georgia, a very good team with warts, but mentally tough in the DNA to win close games? Patrick H said, Ari, I thought you were very nice in basically telling Patrick that don't insult our intelligence by saying that Georgia's like TCU at all. I think um, Patrick H is a Georgia fan who wanted to like look at how poorly his team has been playing and make it admirable. And it's like, that's not what I see. I see it oh. just a team that's not playing very well who just wins because they can't physically lose to who they're playing to. Once a quick thought here, I was this morning, I was editing uh, Seth Emerson's mailbag or Georgia beat writer. Just a fascinating study in the psychology of being a fan. If you read that email, the mailbag, like six or seven questions, you would think that Georgia's probably one in three and they've like lost. I mean, just the fans are just losing it. Why is our offensive line so bad? Our linebackers stink this year because they're not playing behind that dominant defensive line. Our running backs, we're getting no production. What's the deal with all these guys? And it's just like, dude, you're four, you know, you're four and oh, you're five and oh. I mean, it's you've good. had an Ohio State writer under you for years. This I know. Be new to you. Yeah. Right, right. That's so. Uh, um, that was so, my but, entire life for a decade. Yeah. So Ari, um, I thought it was a good answer. You said basically you just you went to the old the the convenient team composite. And you compared, and, and your answer was Washington. You know they're not they're not built exactly the same, but that, I thought that was a pretty pretty good answer. Well, here's the thing: it's like you can't Georgia can't be last year's TCU. If you watched the game, Georgia can't be TCU for twenty years, no matter what. <laughs> like. Um, so the only thing that we have data wise to compare it was a team that was in five or six sp- slots of where TCU was last year. They both had tr- uh, transfer quarterbacks come in that, you know, were Heisman dis- were discussed in the Heisman race at some point. They have receivers that were top 100 players or fringe top 100 players. I think Washington's receivers are better, but Quentin Johnson's on the chargers right now. Um, and they, they plug some pieces in, in the transfer portal at other positions to become very good. Because Washington, as you've listened to the show at all the last two years, you've heard me say they've left a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to acquiring their talent. But Mitch, I'm starting to regret whether or not Washington was the right choice because here's the difference between those two. It's like people thought Washington was going to be very good this year. Like you were yeah. one of the people you're like Washington's going to be awesome. And I, I kind of was like, okay, dude. And I was wrong. They are. But like, what if Mizzou is like ten and zero? Okay, let me like, get, is Mizzou Washington the answer? Is a good answer from a roster construction standpoint. It might but not they didn't be a good come answer out of from nowhere. an expectation standpoint. Right. It's just something to think about because it's yeah. like if Washington wins the Pac-12, that wouldn't be as. I mean, hell, TCU didn't even win their conference. So right. Washington won ten games last year. Yeah, so I, th- I don't know if it's the same, but I feel like if a T- I didn't mean TCU to win your conference or make the playoff. It's like to advance to the national championship game as a team that ranks outside of the top 30 in the talent composite. Like that is how I looked at it, but it also like should, maybe should be a team that just comes out of nowhere. Maybe, maybe the Miami hurricanes, another five and seven team, Manny. (laughs) Uh, I I don't think it's going to be the Miami hurricanes. I was going to go with Kentucky uh, just because they've sort of been looked at as, the the one of the bottom dwellers in the SEC for so long, right? There's no way they could beat uh, Georgia. There's no way they're going to beat in Alabama. Well, they're five and zero right now, and you know, to me, they're kind of a similar team to TCU in the sense where you transfer quarterback, right? Same thing. Um, picked up some transfers in, in this last cycle. No, TCU didn't have a transfer quarterback. Duggan was a TCU. Well, guy. What, did did he transfer there originally though? Like, no, I thought he signed with somewhere else. Okay, I'm almost positive he was a. Okay, maybe I'm wrong then, but. They they did have some transfers, obviously. I, mean, I think they TCU had 16 transfers or something on their way to the championship last year, and, and their running back is a grad transfer um, who, who made our Heisman straw poll. So, I mean, the point is, like, nobody really had much expectations for Kentucky this year. Georgia seems down, right? Uh, Alabama seems down. Maybe this is the year they surprise everybody and win the SEC. Yeah. 
Uh, not a bad answer there. Okay. Ready for the trivia. Ari, you seem distracted. I'm a little bit distracted because people actually think that Urban Meyer is going to be the next coach at Michigan State. And it's like, I can't fathom how you could think that. But I'm ready for the trivia question, and I can't wait to watch Grace's face as you read you the question. firing off some tweets, Ari? Yeah. No, well, I'm just Grace is multitasking. Grace promoted Ari's Photoshop story on social media. While I did. Yeah. I was multitasking. I zoned out for a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry. Uh, no, Grace... Uh, is just the model employee. Well, Grace can do that without like looking distracted. Why right? she's not like down staring at her phone like you. So, yeah. um. <laughs> footsteps. Okay, there are eighteen oh, class boy. of two thousand eighteen quarterback <laughs> signees still in college as sixth year seniors. Fifteen have started at least one game this year. Name them. 18, 18, 2018 quarterbacks who are now six-year seniors? Yes. 15 have, have started at least one game this year. I was just floored that how many 60-year seniors there were. Sam Hartman, one of them? Yes, yeah, Sam Hartman, number 61 in the class of 2018. JT uh, Daniels has to be one of them. I was going to say JT Daniels. JT Daniels, number three in the class of 2018 with the Rice Owls. Uh, Phil Jerkovich? Yes, number 10 at Pitt, also on a start Yeah, Schrader. Fun fact Gary about Schrader. Phil Jerkovich. But who, who, what was that? Garrett Schrader. I believe Schrader's a fifth-year guy. If he's not, okay. then I'll screw up the question again. Uh, Emery Jones? <laughs> yes. Uh, someone look up Garrett Schrader while I'm doing this. All right, I'm going to look him up. Uh, Emery Jones. Tyler Shuck? Number 11. Yes, Tyler Shuck, number 15, got hurt. Are you cheating, Ari? Yeah, I'm cheating. You always accuse me of cheating. I'm just you get so defensive. Garrett, like you don't Schrader. ask anybody else if they're cheating, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> Schrader was the class of what? Uh, 2019. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, so but he's did, not. Yeah. No. Spencer Sanders was in 2018, wasn't he? Yes, he was, but he hasn't started a game this year. He's on the. Oh, it has to be this year. Okay. Where was yes. Spencer? What class is Spencer Rattler? He was later, right? 18. 19. Oh, I just sorry. mentioned I him. Thought, in the previous I thought you point. meant. Yeah. What I just said. Um, uh, what about Plummer at Louisville? I think he's fifth year, but hold on. Okay, sorry. We're like, I, I'm, we're no. I mean, I, I don't yeah. want to get these wrong. So I'm just thinking yeah. of seniors that are like old. Uh, um, uh, Penix. Yes. Yeah, Penix is. One Good job, there. Grace. Look, you're killing it. Wait, are you cheating? No. Plummer's 18, according yes, to. Yes. Okay, I will add him to the list. So now it's 16. Oh, okay. so you got the question wrong. Shocker. Okay. Uh, what about Joe Milton? Yes. Number 18. Ooh. How many do we have left? Um, one. Oh, you know who's like 93 years old? The Wisconsin's quarterback. What's his yes, name? Yes, Tanner Mordecai. Okay, I, I'm removing Cam Rising. <laughs> Wait, I originally had Rising, Mertz? but Rising has not started a game. I yeah, called what, him a Yeah, what starter. year was Graham Mertz? Mertz is... Um, I just mentioned Mertz on the previous point, point oh, about shit. 2019 quarterbacks. Jo- did we name Jordan Travis? No, Jordan Travis, number 67. Okay. Um, Six more, five more to go. Cam Rising was Devin on the list, Leary's but he did one. not start. What? Devin Leary. Yes, number 34. Yep. You guys That's are doing very one. well. Well, we're just thinking about all the older. Yeah. yeah. You know who's not? You know who's one that Who? <laughs> old? I was just thinking. It's actually kind of mean. Brett. Uh, Spencer Petrus, but he's he's at Iowa. He's no longer on the team. Right, he's no longer there. Bre- Brandon Armstrong? Yes. Oh, that's he a got good benched, one, by good Did you guys see that? He got benched. Uh, yeah. He did? he did? Yes. He did this week. For yeah. MJ Morris? Not exactly what he probably thought his uh, sixth year was going to be about. Are they going to Are they going to let MJ Morris play? Yep. They should. I was surprised he didn't transfer. You said Cameron Rising's off the list? Cause yeah, because he hasn't started. started. He's one of them, but he hasn't started this year, so... And then there's one who is a running back on his current team. And he's the only one on this list who didn't transfer. It's Dakari and Joyner, the running back at South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. So we got three more to go. Um, I think I'm tapped out, guys. I don't know. Okay. Oh, uh, the quarterback, Phil Djokovic, wasn't he a six-year, isn't he a six-year guy? I said him already. Yes. You oh, did, okay. Uh, I'm just uh, going through the ACC. Cam said Bo Nix. No, Bo Nix is fifth year. McNamara's yeah. fifth year. Um... um one of them, you want me to just give them to you? No. Okay. Hints? You want some hints? <laughs> yeah. All of them, all three are on their third school, at least. Oh, wow. Hmm. One of them. Who's an older guy on their third school? One of them, I believe, got hurt 
early this year, plays near Manny. Oh, um, is it the FAU quarterback? Yes. Oh, oh God, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name now. Casey Thompson. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Okay, this one of them I knew of, and one of them I forgot was existed, and I'm shocked that he's still. I don't think I think he got benched. He started a game this year. I know that. You, mm-hmm. There's one you will not get. One of them you will you'll hear and be like, okay, maybe I should have got that. There's one you will not get. Who started a game this year? One's a Power Five guy. One's a G Five guy right now. Yeah, I'm done. I don't have anything. Well, JT which one got Shrout. Oh, I don't no. even know who that is. Former is signed, signed with Tennessee, transferred to Colorado. He started at Arkansas State this year. And then this guy started at Cincinnati, transferred to Eastern Michigan, transferred to Cincinnati, and now transferred to his new school, Northwestern. Ben Bryant. There you go. <laughs> hey, we did pretty Literally. good, all things considered. Yeah. And so I was the only one who got accused of cheating. <laughs> Ari, it just makes you stronger. All these haters. It hurts my feelings. <laughs> coming at you. Good job though. That was just good, one hater. Good good group effort. Good good way to team up there. All right. Ari. Thank you for listening to Stars Matter. We will catch you next week. Mm-hmm.